Hi, welcome back to another episode of Unapologetically Anxious Me, Confessions of a Haitian Girl in Small Town, Minnesota. I'm your host, Joe, and I am back with my husband, Lano. Hi. Hi, hi. And I'm really happy that we actually have an opportunity to get back and speak a little bit on all the craziness that has been happening. Just as a reminder, like how it's been for the last few months, we are recording from home. So our children are often a part of our background and you might hear some things. And They are part of the ecology (laughs) of this house. It's they just, are the dominant species here. They run. They run. It's shit just here, okay? kind of part of the new deal, <laughs> and I just uh, I hope that whatever we're able to do through editing <laughs> to cover it up actually happens. I'm really actually glad that I'm having an opportunity to talk to you. It's been so busy the last few weeks that I really haven't had an opportunity to like record much and get back into this. Our page has been popping. I wanted to actually just start off with that. I want to thank everyone, all the new followers, all the new listeners, whether you're listening through Apple Podcasts or wherever you heard about me or how you stumbled upon me. I am so appreciative of the love and the support and everyone just being so engaging. We surpassed 10,000 followers on our Facebook page. Um, Congratulations, baby. Thank you. Our Instagram page is very much growing as well. So shout out to Heather Hop Teal. <laughs> yeah. For doing her Hopley. Hopley. I said it wrong, didn't I? Yeah. God, I always say it wrong. <laughs> Every time I see it, I just want to say Hop Till. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt everybody. This is editor Heather stepping in here for a second. You guys, you both mispronounced my last name. It's pronounced Hypley. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Back to your regularly scheduled programming. Sorry. That is my amazing, you know, uh, partner and co-producer on this podcast. She kind of is the make the magic happen, get the content out there, and I just talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just been a really amazing year plus of doing this and we kind of just found each other and I don't know what I ever did to deserve her. I'm just really, really glad that she is on my team and that she is become such a big part of my life. It's been such an exciting ride just doing this podcast. I don't ever take for granted just the, the love and the engagement and the people who are actually going out there and listening that you are enjoying the content that we're putting out. And I hope that you go ahead and you follow um, Heather's page as well. You should have asked me first um, podcast, which is just so funny, so good. I absolutely love her. She just has one of those like natural you know, podcast radio voices, and I'm learning so much from her. So definitely go show her some love, get on her page, follow her page as well. And of course, follow our company page, which is Girl Clout Media. Girl Clout. (laughs) So that, of course, is our powerhouse over these two podcast entities. And it's just kind of a happy little family that we're building. And I just want to shout 
shout out all of our moderators on our pages who are helping us keep the trolls at bay, who are out there fighting the good fight in the comments. And um, I'm so appreciative of that because I actually just recently had an opportunity to talk to a reporter who is actually doing a story on just people having these big conversations around race and these major social issues and having them in the comments and the disagreements and how nasty it can get and the trolling that's happening and while a lot of there is a lot of negative that happens around that um i think that the positive outweighs that and there's i see people literally in real time like processing information and learning things that are new or asking questions and discussing things and coming to some sort of understanding and not every time does it end and I agree with you or you've changed my mind completely Uh but sometimes it, it does and sometimes you have given that person one extra thing to think about and I think that that's such a beautiful thing and I think that's the power of social media we do tend to focus a lot on the negative things that are out there with the accessibility to each other and it seems to be what gets yeah. the most attention anyways the negative yeah a lot That's of beautiful things come from having these platforms and i'm just really grateful to be part of the conversation mm-hmm. to be um able to share my story and talk about these things it's just a very important thing to us so i wanted to jump right in and just congratulate our girl kamala harris who right. was picked as biden harris Biden's VP and I am so over the moon excited Um, Mm -hmm. you guys I don't know if you know exactly just how much this means to me and how important it is that I am seeing a representation of me and some form you know up in a high space like that and in, in, in a high place of office um this is a moment of history that i just feel so blessed to be like living through right. and to be part of to be able to have conversations about to yes. be aware of i think it's such a blessing i love the fact that my daughter has this amazing figure to look up to it's just one more person who has literally broken that glass ceiling and and i'm just really happy that she's there i think that she's really going to bring clarity to the Biden administration and his policies and what we're looking for. I think women in general just get shit done. I think that the fact hey, that that's... he did this, it's a bold ass move. I don't like that. He kind of did the tokenism. It's about black time woman we thing. have a, a new perspective. <clears throat> yes, I I really wish he hadn't announced that he was intending to pick a black woman and just had done it without yeah. talking about it because I feel like that has just given the right and the alt rate or whatever um just more to cling it's on to one of a few to, missteps of his yeah too. and and i think that the also fact that, that she's on his team right now is really going to yeah. give us 
a much more clear path to lay out real policy mm-hmm. and and real facts of like what is going to be done what what about black lives matter are we going to actually take this movement into consideration and actually start making some of these systemic changes are we going to start talking about this in real life hearing our politicians talk about it regularly and not just that hot button comment that or question that they get during an interview that you know they're just ferociously trying to like dodge i i think Mm -hmm. that i i think that this is gonna bring these conversations to center stage and you know what fuck the people who are pissed about it i don't care whether you like it or not we are in a space honestly where we cannot afford to not support this <laughs> this team. We cannot afford to not go this route just because it's so important. And I read a quote earlier and I, on social media, I can't remember where I read it or who said it, but um, it was just something along the lines of like, we have to go with the candidate that is going to get us closest to that goal post closest Mm -hmm. to that ultimate goal and we have to be strategic it sucks that we have a two-party system where you have to pick the lesser of two evils it feels like it's that same repetitive thing from 2016 but this right now this moment is historical it means so much to people like us and I, I pray that we actually the Indian, see this happen. The Indian community as well. A yeah, it's them, it's yeah, not it's, just the black community, it's the brown community. Mm-hmm. She she represents them both equally yep. being of Indian yeah, and her, her mother black was descent. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it there's such a unique backstory and she's an amazing woman i do have to be honest i had some questions about the things she did as you know a prosecutor and her former stances on prison reform and things like that so i i I really hope that something beautiful comes out of this connection between biden and harris just because we just need we need a break. We need room to breathe to just get at least four years of things happening that affects people in a real way that actually trickles down past the middle class down to the lower class that's actually moving our society forward in some way. And and I think this right now is our, our greatest hope in that happening. And we can talk about why this is unfair or what how we got here but we are here and we need to just deal with what we have and right now biden and harris is the clearest path to a system of equality a system of dismantling oppression and systemically changing things that will actually affect real people in real time and hopefully our kids will not be still protesting when they're our age, hopefully. There'll be, as as we are humans, there there will be other fights. It just feels ridiculous that this still is a fight now, you know. Mm -hmm. Our our skin color is still an issue. And the fact that, again, we're still fighting for for rights for females, too. basic shit, like basic human rights. And, Mm -hmm. and And it's kind of... 
sad but at one point we have to kind of be very real with ourselves and just be like are these really things that we should put a political value on like as BLM and it supporting almost, black it, lives and sense. brown lives it should be at least at this yeah point, and know? ending systemic racism and, and understanding yeah understanding he, things like why is defunding the police important and the 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 different measures that come with that and why it's important to restructure how we think of crime how we think of of these things and how we we handle issues like mental health within that system it's not helping it, like we're not taking more drugs off the street by criminalizing it we're not doing that and and okay. and those are big heavy conversations that we have to have but at one point we have to say that one path is taking us so far away from basic human rights and the other path is at least trying to get the most people into some place of just living stably and 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 not living paycheck to paycheck and not fearing for basic things that are every human person deserves to have we just need to vote <clears throat> that bastard out period i mean just 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 yes I, it, it's tell just, them think tell about them just <laughs> just today like how do you respond with you know the first black woman being an vp and then he puts up his his, his campaign. It's just they, nasty. He put up. He said all that, yes, but <laughs> but just for 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 his base, he goes and puts up a bunch of pictures, just random pictures of black black folks that have been arrested and just put putting them up on his post and just saying that Biden is pro crime. Bam, just right there. Right. For for his base to just eat up. Yeah. It's like what? Because that's all, all of them it are takes. black. All of them are black. It's like he's openly attacking yeah. our community like, like, he like, is, he like needs it's to go. not just we've been we far he is gone dangerous. beyond we have gone so far beyond just they're not it, it, it feels like they, <laughs> you you want to keep saying they're republicans it feels like a whole nother party altogether like it's they've morphed into something else yeah it's it's true because it, it's not there are still people who i would still consider like what you call a republican someone who's just they're conservative mm -hmm. it's just there's this other level <laughs> yeah that that, that is kind of name. just like that, that is just QAnon kind of bullshit that that like, conspiracy theories and i think there's just a whole nother level that is just like, like completely dismissing on, real ass shit that you're just like okay we're not even being we're not even like operating in reality anymore like, sense of people. <laughs> like and that's that's terrifying that is so terrifying, but I, I, I really, I love that we are here and we're getting a start and I mm -hmm. hope that she keeps him on the right path and that we actually get a real plan for what are you planning on doing for black people and black, the black community? What are you planning on doing for people of color? What are you planning on doing for this horrible immigration problem that you're going to inherit that this this terrible person has just put our people through the ringer just our people and all people uh, for, through the ringer for the last four years like i want to really hear solid 
you know, answers and not just wishy-washy politician talk because I, I, I support Biden, but I think there's a lot of his, he has been a politician for a long time mm-hmm. and he, he, he definitely knows how to walk the walk and talk to talk, talk the talk. And sometimes I think sometimes he focuses more on talking the talk than walking well, the walk. I'm, that, that, that's, I'm, that's, I'm happy with the pick though. And She'll that's why I think that she's going things. to be, you know, that stable one. ground. And, and yeah, this is a huge one for, for women. And and it, it just it's it's a whole nother level level playing field, and I think okay. that that's amazing. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about a very big topic that has been going on for years, of course, but like recently with protests and all these different things coming to light. The Confederate flag is something that is definitely being protested um, that a lot of people are talking about. And we just wanted to share a little bit about our perspective and how we grew up seeing that. Being raised in Fort Myers, Florida, we mm. we saw, con- we saw the Confederate flag everywhere Everywhere, um so you go ahead and start what what did you think about that what has been your experience with that well growing up and seeing it it wasn't until i found out what it was and what it represented i did question it for the first time because only in school is when i learned that it was you know a flag for the confederacy but no it it was everywhere in florida it no matter where Mm -hmm. you went um White folks love yeah. wearing that shit, and especially was, in North Fort Myers. Yeah. that's that specific area. And you know, and then the, that and then, was considered. And then seeing the, the neck area, seeing the little John <laughs> video where he wore a whole outfit made of Confederate flags, and it was yeah. like, well, damn, if he's wearing it, I guess it must not be that bad. But it's so weird. You How know? old were you when you conscious. realized what that actually meant? When did I, when I actually saw it in school? I know it wasn't elementary school. <laughs> middle school? It had to have been middle school. Mm-hmm. I actually, I remember. It had to have been middle school. But I think at the time, we were dealing with so much other stuff, though. I mean, we were being hated on just for being caribbean yeah know, being yeah descended being from caribbean folks. so it was and... it wasn't something that we were so fo- focused on so well much. i actually remember um for me i think it was like late elementary school so like fourth fifth grade and um going as a kid you know i mean you could just be going across the street and it feels like it's a trip but like going to north fort myers as a kid because we would go to like the super it was like one of the only super walmarts in the area at the time we would go in that area just to go to walmart and go shopping there which was like for me was like a faraway place but it was maybe like 20 minutes outside of you know Fort Myers like the general town area and I remember we were driving past um driving in that area and and driving past the flags and there was all these poles and um the and I remember I I must have just been like hyper aware of like the flag and all of that because we might have been studying it in school or something mm-hmm. and I remember seeing the, the confederate flag and being like daddy that's not the american flag what 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 is that flag and he is like and he was like baby 
That flag is the devil, people. <laughs> that that flag is. It, he was, it, it he mean, wasn't wrong. It means slavery. It mm-hmm. means they want to own you. That's when they took the black people and and they they put them in chain and 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 forced them to do things and they beat them. And yeah, I remember that's her Haitian accent, by the yeah, way. Yeah, like, and I remember <laughs> that moment so pristinely because it became this thing. It became this thing that actually set me off to always being like this researcher because, like, at the time, of course, there was no you know, Google. So I was literally going to the encyclopedia section at the library and like looking things up and looking up the Confederate flag. And um, just because I, I think I always thought as a kid that going into the adult area in the library was like some like, you know, like some spot that you were not allowed to be in. And so I would sneak in there and find things. And it was it was always interesting to me, but like, that I remember that moment so clearly because I remember my dad being so upset and thinking like, oh wow. And I and I'm and I remember just asking him like a million questions after mm-hmm. that. Like what does this mean? Like why was that? Like I think this was the first time that he had actually talked about slavery like in detail. Um and it just kind of became this open conversation that we were having. Yeah and yeah I think I remember I think I remember that it was the, that moment you're talking about, mm-hmm. high hyper realization of mm-hmm. it is driving back and forth between Tampa and Orlando. It yeah. was seeing it the first time was incredible that they're allowed to even display such right? a huge Confederate flag. And, you know, having to drive back and forth through there and seeing it over and over again and then you know, actually looking it up and finding out that there were several times people were trying to get it put down and the owner just made it bigger every time he won. And I I remember that, like, that sucked to know that you could brazenly display that and it didn't matter anyway. You couldn't do anything about it. I was surprised about that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I think that there's a lot of education that needs to happen around just what the Confederate flag is. And I remember... It's the equivalent of the Nazi flag. And I remember I actually got to... Don't mean Southern pride. There was a post that I seen recently on social media where an AP US history teacher actually put up like a big like post of information just kind of answering comment questions about what is the confederacy and what did the confederacy stand for and i thought that was important to highlight he said that rather than interpreting let's go directly to the words of the confederacy's vice president alexander stevens in his cornerstone speech on march 21st 1861 he stated the constitution rested upon the equality of races this was an this was an error our new government is founded upon exactly the opposite idea its foundations are laid its cornerstones rest upon the great truth that the negro is not equal to the white man and that slavery subordination to the superior race is his natural and normal condition this our new government is the first in the history of the world based upon this great physical, philosophical, and moral truth. 
So this was basically <clears throat> saying like, like we are superior to the black race. This mm-hmm. was their justification of keeping and black people enslaved so when you see people like this is just heritage this just represents the south no it doesn't just represent the south even when we are talking about a lot of these statues that that are being pulled down uh those statues were not up there when these people were around and when these these things were in effect those most of those statues were put up in direct response to the civil rights movement that was happening they were put up directly as an as as a way of like showing like no we we support the confederacy and we support the south and and what and what it stood for and all that and 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 so for people to be and it's not even just the south we are 1000 uh, percent aware that the confederacy you know had supporters in the north we're 1000 percent aware that people in the north also owned slaves but there was a time when one side of the country was completely ready to get rid of that policy and the other side didn't. That's like the cold, hard truth. I just think it's so insane that we are going so hard to like defend the rights to have this flag and to keep this around and to, to wave it freely and to not condemn what it stands for it's it's so cruel and so evil it's it's just i i just don't understand it but let's go ahead we're going to take a break and we'll be right back so lana wanted to actually add on his part um, with about the Confederate flag information, um, conversation. Yeah, it sucked that when we moved here, you know, you, you think that because we moved to the North again, like you wouldn't, you would see it again. And yet we did see it again. Oh yeah. We started seeing it pop up over, over, over these few years, mm-hmm. especially after Trump won, started popping up here and there. And now, man, it, it's, you, you actually see it a lot up here now, oh, which yeah. is so strange. Us being so far north, yeah. It, it, at this point, it, it don't represent Southern pride anymore. That's not what I see it as. It, it, it just doesn't. makes me uneasy living. It here. really does. Um, I think that I immediately feel threatened when I see it. I I immediately feel scared, like something. Okay, I'm not safe. Like I'm not in the presence of someone who you know, is happy to have me there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and it, it, to me, it does, it, it it's triggering. It's, it, it's, it's that same, it, like like that asshole that, that was revving his truck and going by the protest with his yep. Confederate flag and Trump mm-hmm. 2020 flag on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the that was right here in town. Confederate flag is that. Yeah. Yeah, that was just a protest right here in Little Alexandria. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and and it, it's interesting. I think I was just explaining this to or mentioning this. It took freaking this. Bubba Wallace to get NASCAR to freaking understand <laughs> that shit too. Thank God. I just too. mentioned this to a Pretty friend good. earlier, but I I was thinking like it's so funny that we do live in a democratic state, but we probably live 
and the most like one place. Republican, <laughs> like intense, hella right, like just the most conservative town probably in the entire like damn state. Like mm-hmm. that's where we like if if that's not like God trying to put us in certain spaces for know. a reason, this, like this, I don't know. Because this is just is this is this the the Sometimes expert difficulty feel in like this that. game like, or something? I don't know. Like, it, am it, I supposed to be. feel persecuted? Is this because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure how I'm feeling about it these days? But it, it, it's it's hard because you, you because of where we live, we don't have the ability to just kind of walk around with our Black Lives Matter this and Black Lives Matter that. You mm-hmm. could. But, I mean, I just walked around a few times with the mask that said Black Lives Matter, love is love, science is real, that whole thing. And the looks that I get, like the energy that Um. surrounds me when I am in those spaces, it's so uncomfortable and, and just hard to, it's, it's hard to take and, and it makes you feel like you are definitely not in a safe space and that's just it mm-hmm. any more thoughts on that confederate flag sucks stop using that shit to justify southern pride there are <laughs> many other ways <laughs> to represent the south and for those that aren't using it for that purposes the fuck purposes. you <laughs> that, that's all i have to say on the subject So we took a break. Welcome back. I wanted to talk about this subject because y'all know that I'm a little bit, you know, uh, ratchet sometimes with the music and I still love my, I love my music, my, my uh, trap music, whatever is a you want to call it's it. A walk, you know but like, saying? I, I love, I am a diehard Cardi B fan. Fight me. I don't care. Like, I absolutely love her music. It is my guilty pleasure. I think that I am equal parts NDRE, equal parts <laughs> Cardi B. That's just who I am. And I think that this song that she just released with Megan The Stallion called WAP, Wet Ass Pussy. Yeah. That's and it's. It's so crazy how much it how much like tension is surrounded around this this video the the imagery the conversation around it the fact that so many people are like stuck on the fact that they're being so vulgar and provocative and open and sexual and I think that shit is badass yo like I think that it is just so empowering and i think that it's crazy to me that people get so hung up on this but if you're a true hip-hop fan and i hope that if you're listening to cardi b I and mean, megan the stallion bars man. like the I bars were that real. you are really if you don't like the video the listen to the song man I are mean, being put out there like the, the hip-hop video is awesome, music though. I like it. Like, there has been men who yeah. have been doing this. This comes down to that whole misogyny within hip-hop conversation. Yeah. There have been men who have been talking like this, speaking like this, 
for decades and nobody goes after them or tell them how like bad it is to be so vulgar about this and that when women are women are 1000% capable of doing the same thing and it mm -hmm. shouldn't be this offensive thing to hear women talk about themselves and being pleasured and and enjoying sex and loving sex and, and being the powerhouse and the dominant one what's so threatening about that I mean, we've been doing it since the 80s, though. I mean, like, Too Short. For real. Too, Too Short made a career of it. <laughs> Let's not forget Freak Nick, folks. Oh, I, I, a lot of y'all don't know what Freak Nick is, though. Um, <laughs> man, I, I, I was definitely way. too Look young. I was definitely too young <laughs> to go to those, but that was basically a spring break bra spring break bash in Florida. Was it Daytona Beach? I think it was. I'm not, like, sure, if, I'm not sure if it moved like around. Like the Black Coachella. But yeah, back in the day. Basically, but there was a lot of a lot, lot of like a lot, a lot, lot of problematic on. things surrounding mm -hmm. it. Like it was very, very much like there. There was so much controversy, so much sexual assault, all of that. Um, it was, it was, it was a terrible. It was a terrible time because of the well, things that people. What it was supposed to re represent. It turned people into changed else. it. Yeah. yeah, people changed the, the the narrative around it because of those bad people who were doing those things. But I think that when we're talking about this song in particular, mm -hmm. I think what's really threatening people and offending people, I think I hear it even when I'm hearing other women talk about how offended they are by the song. It just makes me realize like we are all under the same patriarchy like influence we are all like conditioned to think the same way that women have this extra like that's responsibility that that colonist, colonizer bullshit like you women have mm -hmm. this extra responsibility black women in particular to be more mm -hmm. socially conscious to be less sexy to and when we're sexy it's even like it's beyond you know but like so like what 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 happened when so slave for you and and britney spears did all that like nobody was talking about no, like we're supposed to hold our that our, being we're extra vulgar and supposed to hold our sisters there's a, a double standard, standard there is a double standard and you could be and mystical just like we make room for for music like that who is that's just street music or music that you 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 like bop to in the club or music that is conscious that you would play at a protest like just the way we have different genres within hip-hop and make room for those things we have to make room for women MCs who are doing the same damn thing that men are doing and getting paid for it and and it doesn't always have to be being a feminist encompasses so many different things and if you are tailing it down to just that and saying that that's you know, walking back the movement. I think you have to really consider what your discomfort is with sexuality that would make it okay for men to to be open and say these things and it's a normal culture and it's just boys being boys when they talk like that. But women can't do the same things. Let the girls like, be girls. 
I, I, mm-hmm. I think it's t- complete bullshit. And I, I, again, fight me. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm a diehard Cardi fan when it comes to that. I, I just love, I love music that isn't just the status quo. And I love the opportunity for women to f- be the domineering force in a song, to be the ones who are, you know, saying like this is what i want this is how i like it and we we praise men for doing that we 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 like quote their music and it's not a big deal but there's such a double standard around it and it's not okay it's not it's not okay (laughs) so i just want to thank you guys for coming on this journey with us and actually hearing all these stories that we share with you a lot of times we come on this platform and we talk about really vulnerable hard experiences for us and our reason for doing it is because we really want to be in a place where we're normalizing these conversations we don't we're we're so tired of feeling like it's just these invisible issues and it's just black issues but it's it's human right issues and it's things that we should be putting out there and speaking about normally because we're all being affected by these things and and this you know climate that we're living in and so it's really hard to to come on here and be honest and be vulnerable but we do it because we want we really want to make sure that we're giving people that exposure and we're also sharing that with other people who are experiencing it and knowing that you're not alone you're not the only one who's like the only black person in a white workspace and how hard that can be you know and i mean you experience that just being the only black person in your workspace right now and and how how hard sometimes it is to navigate that and we actually live in a community of course where it is a majority white population and sometimes we think we have to like go through all these extra thoughts to protect ourselves from being discriminated against so we might feel like when we go into a business we might feel like we have to look a certain way and like i know my husband like you have talked about how like going into a place with your work uniform i I, I purposely go in my work uniform yeah just so I look at least a little bit less threatening. It has my name on it anyway, so there's no no way I'm getting away with any kind of crime here. Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's the thing. I, it's it's because there's a lot of fat factories here, so the work uniform looks similar to a lot of factories here. So I just look like one of one of their own here. Yeah, so I, I mean, it just kind of goes into those things that we are extra conscious of, that we are extra aware of, and being in those environments because yeah we live in a town where we are seeing trump 2020 everywhere like everywhere and and i can't say that like i don't walk into spaces where you're seeing people with trump 2020 mask and not feel like oh my gosh you hypocrites like how could this really be real life and and it just it it scares me it it evokes a lot of emotion in me because it makes me feel like that person is still blinded to the realities that are going on. I I don't think you can consciously support somebody like that and really be aware of 
real human suffering that's going on and and not feel empathy for that that that's mind-blowing for me but i just want you guys to know that this is that's the fuel that goes behind us sharing these stories and being vulnerable and and coming to this space and saying these things because we want other people who are out there who are experiencing these things to not feel like this is just happening to you or that you're suffering alone this is something we deal with day in and day out we have to see these things we we have to feel these interactions and experience them day in and day out and it's not always the most comfortable thing but one thing that i i have heard over the last few months that has really stuck with me has just been you know, the quote from Zora Neale Hurston, and she says, if you don't speak of your pain, they will kill you and say that you enjoyed it. And to me right now, this moment that we're in, this is our time to elevate these stories and 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 share them and share them openly and to talk about them openly even so, if it makes you uncomfortable to hear these stories uncomfortable um that's part of the growth process you need to hear that. it's part of the healing process for us to to yes. be able to like have a place where we can be open and talk about these things without feeling re- like we'll be you know punished or there'll be any repercussions um based on that and and it's just our honest to God experiences and that should be credible enough. And and I just mm-hmm. want to thank you guys again for listening, for coming on this journey for, with me, for continuing to support me, sharing our posts. Definitely remember we have a Patreon. Um, go and subscribe, whether you're on the lowest tier or the highest tier. Um, we appreciate any level of support. Um, and we definitely have so many goals and things that we want to expand on with this platform. And you are helping us do that by listening, by hitting play. And I'm so grateful for that. So thank you for listening to us. And for being here with us, we love you for listening and we love you for being here and for being so patient and hearing all of the little things in our background. Um, This is real life that happens with us. (laughs) (laughs) So until next time. Bye. Yeah. Unapologetically Anxious Me is a production of Girl Clout Media. Support Girl Clout Media on Patreon. This program was hosted by Joe Ciceron and edited by Heather Hypley. Thanks for listening.